0: Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow
1: down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down. The well, welcome stone. to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Melanie Beasley. As a dietitian, I work with clients who have cancer, IBS, arthritis, fibromyalgia, MS, diabetes, and many also want to lose weight, which brings me to the topic of our discussion today. We'll be discussing eating and lifestyle habits you may currently have that may be holding you back from your health and your weight loss goals. And Teresa Wagner, who is also registered and licensed dietitian, is in studio with me this morning. Teresa, how many years have you been helping clients at Nutritional Weight and Wellness?
0: Well, good morning, Mel. I'm excited to be here with you this morning. Yeah, it's fun to see each other. Yeah. So to answer your question, I've been teaching and counseling clients at Nutritional Weight and Wellness for the past four years. So time goes by pretty quickly. Doesn't seem like it could be that long already. (laughs) Many of my clients are surprised at our teaching and counseling style. Quite often a new client will come in thinking, I'm just going to tell them, you know, start to count calories or track those fat grams, start drinking diet soda. But that's really the furthest thing from what we teach. Mm -hmm. We help our clients look at their current habits and their behaviors into regards to what they're eating and drinking. And we also have them look at how well that they are sleeping and help them if they're not able to sleep well, to sleep better. Everybody needs that. Yes. I always say to my clients,
1: you may know that eating a balance of real foods is best for you, but if you are constantly driving through the fast food lane or ordering pizza to be delivered, you are stuck in old, unhealthy eating habits. So let's try and find out why you're eating this way so that you can truly understand the negative side effects of this habit we can help you adopt better eating and lifestyle lifestyle habits. And we call
0: this self-care habits for health and weight loss. Yes. And today we want to go over some of the habits that might be holding you back from losing weight, and then maybe suggest some new habits to help propel you forward so that we can reach those goals. Absolutely. That's our goal. We will even discuss how
1: And why you got into some of these unhealthy habits in the first place. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, do you know what's the biochemical reason that you got into ordering that coffee mocha and the cookie at 3 p.m. every afternoon? Some of you have given up the cookie, but are you still picking up that coffee mocha, that caramel macchiato? Mm. What is your body saying to you?
0: Well, Mel... Have you heard or read some of the research that says 40% of what we do every day is based on habits Yes, and not on actual decisions that we make? Yeah. So 40% of what we do is based on our habits. One great example of this is we brush our teeth every day. At bedtime, it's just automatic. You wash your face, brush your teeth, just as you would after breakfast in the morning. We don't think about it. Mm -hmm. We just do it. Ingrained, you know, Mm -hmm. from either
1: our family or our own
0: rhythms. Right. They say to my kids, have you washed and brushed?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So listeners, as you think about this, do you have habits that are holding you back? Here's another question for you. Are you still skipping breakfast? Research tells us that people who skip breakfast have a higher risk of becoming obese. Which is contrary to what people think back in the calorie in, calorie out days, right? Mm -hmm. Many people are actually skipping breakfast to save on those calories. Unfortunately, they are still living with the old misconception that calories count. Boy, I used to teach that. So I feel a little guilty in some of those uh, habits people may have. But unfortunately, when you're still living in that mint misconception, you miss the reality that misconception is not supported by research findings. Mm-hmm.
0: Ah, yes, I am familiar with the I'll save my calories for later strategy. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, if that's you, how well does that strategy work for you? If you develop the good habit of eating some protein, some beneficial fat, some vegetable carbohydrates, your metabolism and your energy will dramatically increase. I'm pretty sure a number one, a number of you tuned in the show a few weeks ago when Dar and Marcy interviewed Dr. Bobanette. She was the, she is the author of well-designed life. Dr. Bobanette. Cool. Yes. Dr. Bobanette encourages people to actually design their nutrition to support a healthy lifestyle. She also said, at first you may not be perfect, but keep trying until you find the solution that works for you. The That's, solution. Yeah. It sounds a lot like what we do and what we say to people, you we know, are. design that nutrition plan and then you don't have to be perfect for it yeah. to be successful.
1: And we're always looking with our clients, what is the solution or I call it the switch yes, that works for that particular client. And it really is about substituting one habit with another habit mm-hmm. instead of just trying to just stop. stop. Yeah. <gasps> The solution for some of us could be eating eggs and vegetables sautéed in butter for breakfast. If you don't have time to make eggs, and I hear that a lot, Mm -hmm. or you don't happen to like eggs, or you're allergic, then maybe a protein shake is the answer for you. A number of my clients have a bowl of chili for breakfast. While others have full fat cottage cheese, blueberries, and sliced almonds. It's funny. Clients will look at you and say, I can do that. I'm like, yeah, have some chili for breakfast. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites is leftover steak bites. This is grilling season. If I've got leftover steak or uh, pork chop, I saute them in cubes with some sweet potato. And then some sweet peppers and mushrooms. And that's a wonderful breakfast.
0: Yeah, it sounds good. It's also, you know, thinking outside of the box. I think we have this idea that breakfast has to be a certain thing, you know, and so um, I love that idea. When you are designing your plan for breakfast, what do you think it'll be? You know, I have a client who loves organic liver sausage. Mm. (laughs) Mmm. Some people just love it. Yes. yes. I admire them. I do too, because it is such a nutrient dense food. So in any case, this client eats liver sausage and then she has apple slices and she dips those apple slices in almond butter for breakfast. And it just works for her. You know, that might not work for everybody. And so you think that idea doesn't necessarily sound good for you. It's just another example. Like Mel is saying, it's just thinking outside of that breakfast box that we're, we're sometimes trapped within, um, what that client said to me is she said, since you gave me permission to eat healthy fats, I love it. I'm not hungry and I have more energy and I've lost weight. My friends just can't believe it. And that's common, right? We hear that all the time because we are, people are surprised that you can actually eat and lose weight. And not be hungry. And not be hungry because we are so conditioned to think that, you know, in order to lose weight, we have to make these big sacrifices and we have to feel hungry in order for that weight loss to happen. We don't. We don't.
1: So what is the habit or habits you may need to change listeners? Take a minute to reflect on that. Do you, do you take a trip to the vending machine on your break? Or do you reach into your desk drawer, think about what's in there after lunch to nimble on pretzels? Or do you grab a candy bar and a coke at the convenience store? I also want to want to say, do you have that granola bar and you've convinced yourself that that people eat those granola bars in yeah. the woods, they
0: must be healthy, right? They must be because they have, you know these athletes or these pictures of rock climbers on the packages, right? <laughs> uh,
1: they must be healthy. So do these things happen to you in the middle of the afternoon? Normally you wouldn't even think about grabbing a Coke or a candy bar or swinging through and getting that cafe mocha. But, um, why have you lost control? The truth is low blood sugar leads to a lack of focus, poor decision-making fatigue and cravings. This is chemistry. This is not their character. So clients, tell us every day that their jobs are so demanding that they have to work 12 hours and rarely have time to eat or drink anything. I hear this from my teachers. So they have major blood sugar crashes causing them to experience out-of-control eating when they finally get to get a chance to eat. You know, Teresa, I tell my clients, just because you're starving doesn't mean your stomach is bigger than it was when you weren't starving. It's the same size, so just have a balanced meal Before you dive into a huge
0: portion of
1: whatever you're grabbing.
0: Which I think is so interesting because I have never thought about it in that way. Where, because I've made that mistake, of course, of when I'm really hungry, (laughs) you know, I eat more. But I've got to keep that in mind now that my stomach is the same size regardless. (laughs) So,
1: Teresa, I think it's time for our first break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we are discussing habits that will either help you achieve your, your health and your weight loss, those goals or those habits that will hold you back from achieving those goals, and we will be right back.
0: At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, they know how you eat makes a difference in how you feel and that often good food is good medicine. And their client, Mary, learned that firsthand.
1: I was in a lot of pain from inflammation in my body, and I was also diagnosed with gout. The medication from my doctor made me gain weight, so I was feeling desperate.
0: And then you took the Nutrition for Weight Loss class at Nutritional Weight and
1: Wellness. In class, I learned how to shop and cook real food from scratch. Like what I ate when I was a kid. My body started healing and my joint pain is so much less now. And I hear you brought your husband to the class. John's a diabetic and he's gotten results too. His blood sugar tests have been much lower since we changed how we eat and we both lost weight. And how's it working? We found out we can eat plenty of food when it's the right food, so we never feel hungry or deprived. Do you need the knowledge that can inspire change for you
0: and maybe your spouse, too? Reach out to Nutritional Weight and Wellness. That's weightandwellness.com or call 651-699-3438. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Melanie and I want to share some interesting research about processed foods. Researchers are finding that processed foods are a much bigger health problem than we have thought in the past. Here are some results from three interesting studies. One paper was published in the BMJ, which was previously the British Medical Journal, but it was recently shortened to the name BMJ. One paper reported research that found that the more ultra-processed foods or factory foods a person ate, the more likely they were to get sick and die another study found that those who ate ultra-processed foods were more likely to suffer from cardiovascular disease and the final study found that people who ate more processed foods just had a higher risk of death from all causes wow researchers from the national institute National Institutes of Health found people who ate a diet of ultra-processed foods consumed about 500 calories more per day than those people who ate whole foods. That is so interesting.
1: People Mm -hmm. don't really think about, you know, when you're rushing especially, but scientists are now thinking that processed foods with all of the additives, I call them frankenfoods, (laughs) sugar, and the lack of fiber... Disturbs the gut microbiome. This is the trillions of different bacteria that line our intestinal tract. There are happy bugs. Um, this disturbance, in turn, increases the risk of chronic disease
0: and overeating. Mm-hmm. And for many Americans, half of the calories that they are eating in their daily diet come from these. Processed factory foods, those Franken foods that you like to call them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all know that those processed foods look what they look like, don't we? Yes, we um, do. They are chicken nuggets from fast food. We do not see chicken nuggets running around in the farmer's field, right? No, we don't. Um, the fast food from restaurants chips, soda, pizza, cereal. The list goes on and on. So, You will fill in the blanks. Whatever you eat, if it comes from a package, you know it's probably processed. During each break, we will share more information about the harmful effects of processed foods. So be sure and stay tuned.
0: Yes. Well, before we went to break, we were talking about high blood sugar and how that affects our body. Um, And we know that high blood sugar is stressful on the brain. Likewise, low blood sugar is also stressful for the brain. Considering it's your habits that are often holding you back, get started by changing those simple biochemical reasons, such as that low blood sugar, or perhaps it's that lack of good sleep or lack of the quantity of sleep that we need to break those habits. Maybe you're starting to realize that your out of control cravings for sugar probably started, you know, many years ago after you frequently skipped meals. Maybe you were trying one of those very low calorie diets and you were experiencing those low blood sugars consistently. You know, you are not a weak-willed person. You just have low blood sugar. So true. I often hear from clients, "I'm successful in every other aspect of my life. Why can't I get this food piece right?" And I tell them, you know, it is not a personal defect of yours. It's blood sugar. Let's get it balanced. And you will be amazed at your newfound strength that you have because it's not an issue of willpower. It's biochemistry. Absolutely. It's not their character.
1: It is biochemistry. Mm -hmm. So I bet some of you listeners are wondering, what do you do if you have a job that doesn't allow for breaks? I'm hearing that more and more. Here's an idea that my clients who are unable to take breaks at work put into practice. Cut a protein bar into bite-sized pieces, such as a peanut butter and berries RX bar. I love that brand. Or the You Can cinnamon swirl bar is a favorite. And put the pieces in a snack bag. You can also cut an epic meat bar into pieces and put them into a bag. Um, Then you can add a few um, almonds or pecans and... You can slip those into your pocket so you can nibble on them throughout the day. May not be ideal, but some of my clients even take a bathroom break and nibble during their bathroom breaks, but <laughs> it 's better than letting your blood sugar crash and feeling that out of control terrible feeling. I think outside of the box and do do what my clients need I mean we we're always problem solving, but clients um, and listeners. What do you have to do to stay balanced
0: is what you need to ask yourself to feel good. Right. And I think that that makes us better employees too. And we have adequate fuel in our body in order to fuel our brain so we can think well and be effective at our jobs. You know, some of my clients make up three protein shakes at a time. When they are able to, they like you had said, they kind of slip out for a quick minute and drink a part of that shake or maybe all of it, just depending on how much time they have. And I think, Mel, I think I heard a story from you. You have kind of a trick <laughs> that you tell people to do with protein shakes,
1: don't you? I do. I think no matter how busy the work environment, everybody's allowed to bring their coffee mug, right? Their thermalized coffee mug. So what I tell them is you make a smoothie, get a wide opening In one of those thermalized coffee mugs, and put your smoothie in there,
0: and that is your "quote unquote" coffee. Yeah, and those those cups are amazing at keeping things cold or hot. You know, so it's really a great option. This is one way that you are not allowing your work schedule to hold you back from your weight loss goals. Now, if you fall apart and you order that caramel macchiato which contains 16 teaspoons of sugar and then also order the those you know two small cookies with it that might have another teaspoons of sugar you have just put 22 teaspoons of sugar into your body wow and this is kind of dangerous because as many of you know cancer cells love sugar also as far as our topic today sugar turns into fat on our body and sugar increases inflammation Eating sugar products, which include processed carbohydrates, is a habit that definitely holds you back from weight loss. Teresa, a good point to make is if
1: someone is a person who says, I don't, gra- I don't crave sugar. I don't have a sweet tooth. I go for salty foods mm-hmm. like chips. I always tell them, well, what is that salt on? Right. It's usually on chips or pretzels, nacho chips or corn chips. Well, think again, because those carby processed foods Turn into sugar. Do you know how farmers fatten up their cattle? They feed them corn. So that whole popcorn newsflash, corn chips, and popcorn fatten up people. Um, I'm thinking um, one of my kryptonites is gluten-free crackers. Yeah, I cannot have gluten-free. I'm gluten-free, but I don't buy those processed gluten-free foods because when I'm tired and lazy, I can slap some butter on it and think rationalize in the moment it's balanced but i just don't have that
0: in the house i don't have my kryptonite in the house Yep, i love those justifications right (laughs) if it has butter on it then it's balanced i have my carb and my fat
1: (laughs) no matter that i ate 32 chips yeah
0: that's right and you know we all have those things that are our own personal thing that we have to be careful with you know for me it's the salt and nuts i really you know i could eat like we're talking about popcorn i could eat salted almonds like popcorn. So Mm. I really have to be careful and measure those out prior to having them. And speaking of popcorn and eating things like popcorn, I wonder how many of you have that popcorn habit. Did you know that the average American eats 54 quarts of popcorn each year? How many, Teresa? 54 quarts.
1: Holy buckets.
0: (laughs) Melanie just mentioned that farmers feed corn to fatten up their cattle. Cattle. They also use corn to fatten up their pigs. So what do you think popcorn is doing to your waistline? Eating popcorn is another one of those reasons that 40% of Americans are now considered obese. And we used to tout popcorn as the diet food. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So
1: um, one of the horror stories I can remember 20, 30 years ago teaching, 20 years ago, was um, putting buttery flavored Pam. Spray yeah. on air pop popcorn, <laughs> and I think about how horrific that is. Knowing the research, yeah, that we or the
0: but I, I did that in college. That I can't believe it's not butter spray. What is air. it? Right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What is it? So I'm sure many of you listeners are thinking, "Why is popcorn bad?" There are a number of reasons. One reason is that nearly all corn is genetically modified. Another reason is popcorn is cooked and popped almost always in damaged fats. Even if you are popping in healthy coconut oil, the glycemic index is too high. So I want to dig into the glycemic index here, Um, looking at the glycemic index of popcorn and how it relates to weight loss. So let's start with the question, what is the glycemic index? It is the value assigned to food based on how slowly or quickly Carbohydrate foods cause an increase in blood sugar levels. The glycemic index of sugar is 100 cornflakes, it's 81, and popcorn is 72. Those numbers indicate that sugar, cornflakes, and popcorn quickly increase your blood sugar level. On the other hand, an apple slowly releases its sugar with a glycemic index of 36. If you are a popcorn lover and eating popcorn at the movies, it is probably a habit holding you back from weight loss. So we'll talk more about that when we come back from our second break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're a person who includes processed foods in your diet frequently, think again. Because researchers are finding these foods increase the risk of disease. Processed foods are not created on farms. They are created in factories. They are pumped full of chemicals for flavor and to extend the shelf life, as well as additives for color. They're also full of refined, damaged fats. And at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we recommend eating real food, such as grass-fed meat, organic eggs, broccoli, red peppers, and sweet potatoes, and spinach, just to name some of my favorites. Real foods are full of ample vitamins and nutrients to support your health. The Nutrition for Weight Loss 12-week class series starting in July is a perfect way to learn all about eating real food. We even have simple
0: tasting recipes to share that are all made with real food. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Let's get back to understanding the harmful effects of eating processed foods researchers have found a link between diets, heavy in processed foods and an increase in inflammation. One measurement that we often ask our clients to, to ask their doctors for them to have measured is a blood test marker called C reactive protein or CRP for short. Good inflammation marker. Yes. And a lot of times they're like, well, what's that? And, um, and sometimes you have to have a little convincing with the doctor to say, could you just run this number for me? But a lot of times they're open to running it. If you, um, if you would really like to have it run. So that, that inflammation marker, that C-reactive protein, um, we want you to have that run because people who eat an unhealthy diet of processed foods tend to have higher levels of CRP in their bodies. And sometimes we just don't know how well we're doing with our diet. And so it's a good way of checking in to see um, if we're doing as well as we thought, or perhaps um, just a little bit of motivation to um, have a number to work for. As dietitians and nutritionists, we are always helping our clients switch from processed foods to real foods. So we don't tell them to just cut them out. Um, what we want to do is find that, that alternative that will make them happy. So we want them to switch to those real foods and we often, um, need to help our clients learn how to choose these real foods. Mm. Eating real food is a lifestyle for us, the people who work at nutritional weight and wellness, and it's a true passion of ours. And we love to share it with you. So, um, call our office at six, five, one, six, nine, nine, three, four, three, eight to set up a consultation. So we can help you make the life-changing switch from eating processed foods to real foods. Now, before break, we were talking about the glycemic index. So let's just kind of review what that is. The glycemic index is the value assigned to foods based on how slowly or quickly carbohydrate foods cause an increase in blood sugar. And that level is it's on a scale of zero to 100, sugar being 100 Um, And we were talking about how popcorn and cornflakes are very high on that scale. And then something like an apple with fiber is lower on that glycemic index. And so um, an option that might be better to snack on, so say you are going to the movies, um, a favorite snack of mine that I like to make and can easily be taken to the movies or just have it along when you're out and about, is the um, it's the crispy nuts recipe. Mel, have you made that recipe it's before? Delicious. It's so good. It's so easy. Um, my favorite is the pecan version. Um, I just prefer the roasted pecans to some of the other nuts, especially I do too. I, being yeah. a Southern girl, I yeah.
1: think that pecan does not get enough <laughs> press.
0: <laughs> yes, it's my favorite, and if you pair it with a few dark chocolate chips. It's such a great snack, and Yum. it's so much lower in sugar than, say, that popcorn at the movie theater would be, or, you know, maybe something that you would grab when you're out and about. So, if you would like to find this recipe, it's on our website at weightandwellness.com. Just click on recipes and then go to the crispy nuts recipe. And honestly, it is a super simple recipe, very little hands on time. That's what we want. Mm hmm.
1: Snacking at the movie is a long-time habit, right, for many of us? Yeah, absolutely. You walk in, you smell that popcorn. It's a problem. It's a problem. (laughs) It is a problem. (laughs) So why not take along a healthy snack that will move us forward in our weight loss and overall health? And I'd like to say, don't go to the movies hungry. Yeah, that is, you know, that's probably the key. Have a really good um dinner or balanced meal or lunch before you go but it's my understanding that most movie theaters make their money from the concessions sold more than on the movie tickets yeah so a theater sized box of dots contains 40 teaspoons of sugar just imagine spooning 40 teaspoons of sugar into your
0: mouth so you have to take a loan out for some of those snacks, I think. Yes, you do. They are not, they are not cheap. So then you can also, besides you know, doing something great for your health, also something great for you know, your finances. It is. One of the things that I will bring,
1: if I haven't had time to make the crispy nuts, is um, I recommend almonds in a little baggie, equal parts, unsweetened coconut flakes... And then maybe a teaspoon of the mini dark chocolate chips. It mm-hmm. tastes like a Mounds candy
0: bar. Oh, I have a feeling there's going to be some people making that a Mounds candy bar sounds. And that's in place of the popcorn, not with the popcorn. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, another habit getting away from the movie theater and, um, and the popcorn, um, another habit that could be holding you back from your weight loss goal is the happy hour wine habit. So you may be thinking, well, what's wrong with drinking a couple glasses of wine with friends? Here's one answer. Obesity researcher Dr. Michael Jensen from the Mayo Clinic reported that alcohol intake is associated with a bigger waistline. It's because the liver burns the alcohol instead of fat.
1: You know, I was reading some research recently, and this research said that if you have an alcoholic
0: beverage, your liver stops burning fat for 24 hours. Oh my goodness. So think if you have that nightly habit, you know if you are you come home maybe you have a stressful job and you come home from work and you just like to unwind with a glass of wine or a beer or something like that, every 24 hours you're putting that alcohol into your system and so your liver is on hold for burning that fat. Almost all the time. It's a real it's a real weight loss blocker. Mm-hmm.
1: A good question to ask yourself is how many times do I drink wine or an alcoholic beverage every week? Think about that, and do a tally in your head. As research clearly states, you cannot lose weight when you drink alcohol. In fact, most people actually gain weight. Here are some of the other risks that drinking can cost your health. Drinking wine or alcoholic beverages can lead to achy joints and muscles, brain fog, dehydration, poor sleep is huge. We talk about that. Fatigue, and of course, waking. Researchers have found that if you drink two glasses of wine three or four times a week, you can easily gain 10 pounds in a year, 10 pounds. In four years, you're up 40 pounds. The wine habit could definitely be a habit holding you back from weight loss. I have really noticed in clinic, Teresa, that wine consumptions these past few years, wine consumption has really amped up in our female population. I call it vitamin W. (laughs) (laughs) They don't think about that as part of the weight loss connection. So what is resulting
0: in weight gain? Possibly your wine habit. Mm Mm-hmm. And we also talk about that, you know, as far as not just like the, the aspect of the liver, but what about sleep? You know, when we, when we're talking to a lot of women, sleep is such an issue for Mm -hmm. a lot of women. And we um, talk about the book, why we sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker. And he says that alcohol is the most powerful REM sleep blocker that we know of. Wow. Say that again. So Dr. Walker says that alcohol is the most powerful REM sleep blocker that we know of above narcotics um, and sleep aids and any of those other things. Really something to think about. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So, you know, instead of avoiding all social, social situations involving alcohol, if you go to a bar or to a restaurant or to a party, there are some non-alcohol, non-alcoholic options that you can have. And a lot of them look an awful light, a lot like you're having a cocktail like everyone else or a drink like everyone else. So you can either order like say a soda water or a Perrier with a twist of lime, Um, or maybe like a Bloody Mary without the vodka in it, or perhaps just getting an iced tea. It can take a while to develop that mindset but it's really important because, well, for me, it's really important because I want to be around to enjoy my children's graduations, their weddings, and future grandchildren. That's important. Um, sometime it, sometimes with our
1: clients, it might be the habit of pouring something into a glass to relax. Yes. So, what about putting a La Croix in there with some raspberries yeah. or a squeeze of lemon or something in your wine glass? To switch from one habit to the other habit. And I think you still find it relaxing. Many of my clients still enjoy that. Um, and they find that they're able to replace one habit with another and suddenly their weight begins to come down and they're absolutely thrilled. I say, give it two weeks and let's just, let's just watch and see what happens. It doesn't yeah. have to be a lifelong commitment, but if you see the results, I think it will motivate you. So it's already time for break three. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Theresa and I have so much more information to share. I really wish we had two hours for today's show because we could easily talk about more, more about eating, lifestyle habits for weight reduction. Uh, with that extra hour, boy, could we fill it or what? Yes, we sure could. <laughs> to learn more about habits for weight loss, maybe it's time for you to join us in our upcoming July Nutrition for Weight Loss class series. Check out the info on our website, weightandwellness.com, or call our office at 651-699-3438. We believe after 12 weeks of learning, you will happily give up processed foods for real food that tastes great and can help you lose the weight.
0: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. There are many possible reasons why eating processed foods, is linked to more diseases. One theory that makes sense to us is that the sugar and processed foods may feed the bad bacteria in the gut, resulting in more inflammation. And what we know, too, is that that bad bacteria um, talks to our brain and that we get messages from the bacteria in our, in our intestinal tract. And so we want to make sure that we're feeding that bacteria in our gut, the good bacteria, the good things, so that we get those good messages from our brain to our gut and and back and forth. The bottom line is eating a lot of processed foods leads to more health problems for many people. On the other hand, eating real whole foods. So things that you could theoretically grow yourself or raise or go out and um, maybe fish for. Pluck from a
1: farmer's field. Yeah, exactly. You know, Teresa, I, I tell clients many times, if you can't name the plant you pluck it from or the mother it came from, don't eat it. Oh, that's really good. And then they'll say, well, what about pizza? And it's, you know, it's got the, uh, it's got cheese on it that comes from the cow (laughs) and it's got a wheat flour crust and wheat comes from the farmer's field. And I say, if you have to process
0: it in your head, it's a processed food. (laughs) (laughs) Mel, I love all your, your little, like, I don't sayings. Weirdness. (laughs) Yes. So good. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I love it. So eating those real foods, right? So if you have to process it in your mind, it's probably a processed food. So eating real whole foods supports the health and healing of your body. The risk of having poor health now or in the future may be one important reason to break your unhealthy habit of eating processed foods. So next week, Tune in as Kara and Leah discuss the positive and negative sides of stress. stress has a connection yeah it sure does, but it'll be interesting to see the positive sides of stress too because we often just look at the negative sides of those types of situations so we do and just to um One of the things when you're talking about real food, uh,
1: Mm -hmm. I love an analogy that I use with my clients. I mean, I think I'm so clever here. Well, you um are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this one works is that I tell my clients, all right, you're going on vacation this summer. Now, let's say you put on the counter a bag of Doritos, a, a little package of peanut butter crackers, and maybe some McDonald's French fries or any fast food French fries. Now you go on vacation for two weeks, you've left that on the counter, you come home, what do you find? And they'll say, well, nothing, everything's pretty well not changed. I mean, I think they're stale. I say, yeah, true. Now you put on your counter broccoli, some egg salad, and Mm -hmm. some chicken breast. You go on vacation for two weeks, you come back, what do you find? Well, obviously they say, well, it'll be rotted. And I said, right, rotted, stinky. So here's the connection. If a food decomposes or rots, it means it has life in it. Oh, that's good. If a food does not decompose or rot, it means it has death in it. Or there's no life to go bad. So a real simple way, it's a very simplistic way of thinking now of, Food is if it goes bad, generally it's good to eat. Yeah. If it doesn't go bad, generally it's bad to
0: eat. Yeah.
1: I love that. I love that. Real food spoils. Real food spoils. We always say walk around the perimeter of your grocery store. That's the real food. Yeah. And when we eat real food, our metabolism begins to heal and we start making that connection between... um, our bodies, our liver that metabolizes fat, our metabolism heals, and we begin to lose the weight we've struggled with. It's not because our clients are older and just, well, this is my metabolism, it's slow now. There's a connection with what we've been eating over the past 10 years that has slowed our metabolism. And that's correctable with the help of a nutritionist or a dietitian to sort of walk you through that process.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things too, that it's that slow process of slowing down our metabolism. So we have to take that into account when we're thinking about losing weight that we really, it's not going to be 30 pounds in 30 days. It really isn't. Not if it's sustainable. Right. If we're going to heal our body, we need to eat these real foods so that we can rebuild our body from the inside and, and naturally speed up that metabolism.
1: So listeners, let's do a check-in with yourself. So if you're in a place that you can do a tally on a piece of paper or even raise a finger with the list, if it connects with you, raise a finger, put a tally on a piece of paper. Um, these little add-ins in your day could be slowing your weight loss by slowing your metabolism. How often a week do you have popcorn? If you have popcorn once a week, put a finger up. How many glass- times do you have glasses of wine? Do you have glasses of wine
0: during the week or every night? Um, Put a finger up, And maybe put a finger up for the number of days a week you do that.
1: Oh, that's good too. (laughs) Um, If you're a social and you go out and you eat processed foods at a happy hour, those processed foods give you another tally or a finger. What about cleaning your child's plate? Oh, that's a good one. Yes, we don't want to waste food. But it can work just as well if you put it in a little container in the refrigerator rather than um, down mom or dad's throat. How about licking the spoon or taking lots of bites? If you're making something to take, it's not necessarily something that you would eat. I'm thinking cake batter, cookie dough. You're making a treat to take, but you happen to nibble and lick that spoon. Put a finger up or give yourself a tally. How about a handful of candy at work? Oh, sure. The M&M's. Mm-hmm. Um, or getting less than seven hours of sleep. Think about that. So if you have a whole hand up, then it might be time to take some some thoughts in about
0: how to change those habits. And when you need help with that, that's what we do. Yeah. all day long. Yeah, we help people strategize and I think a lot of times we have um, just situations that come up very often, that are hindering our weight loss. So coming home from work, just starving after work. So as soon as you get home, you know, you have to make dinner, but you're going to go raid the pantry and you know, because you just can't help it. Once again, it goes back to that sort of the biochemistry, you just kind of can't help yourself. And so you might choose healthy things. Like I was talking about almonds, you know, having a cup full of almonds is Probably not going to be helpful in your weight loss goal, but having sixteen would be okay. Certainly better than grabbing the chips or the crackers. Yes, absolutely. The process. So we think about going from Mm -hmm.
1: good to better to best. To best. So Mm -hmm. you know you're in a good place when it's real food. However, overeating those nuts.
0: Yes, right. How overeating can be overeating, and and just knowing what areas in your life are holding you back, and that's what we help you do. It's well, what can we do so that you don't come home from work? That you are completely, you know, famished. Maybe it's we have something that we can stick in the car so that you can have a little snack on your commute home so that when we get home, we're not starving. Our blood sugar is nice and balanced. Then you can be nice and relaxed and you can make dinner. And to Mel's point about tasting every, you know, everything that you're making, maybe you don't do that as much so that when you actually sit down to have dinner, You're in a place where you're still hungry. Yes. You know, rather than being full and then feeling like you have to eat dinner because, well, you made it, even though you snacked so much before. You know, Teresa, I had a client who um, actually formulates
1: recipes for a living. Okay. So she has to taste. Yeah. And so I said, become very, very familiar with the spit cup. (laughs) Yeah. Because you can taste, but that doesn't necessarily mean you consume. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, it, it, each client has a different story, and each client has a different scenario. And I would say we're never really surprised anymore. Certainly not me after 30 no. years. Mm-hmm. Don't feel that your situation is unique, surprising, or shameful. If you struggle, chances are we've heard even that week someone who has the same struggles so i just Mm -hmm. encourage we're non-judgmental we're here to help and it's our passion to be very helpful with our clients and to not make them feel like they're a unique mess so our goal at nutritional weight and wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food it's a simple yet powerful message